Welcome to the Chill Gill Thrill. I'm your host, Gillian Seed83, as always, coming to you live from the Chromatic Ribbon. Back for another episode, episode seven of the Chill Gill Thrill. I uh, seen this article on the New York Post uh, saying, humans have slept on beds for their entire existence. Huh. That's interesting. I, I figured we were, uh, you know, sleeping on piles of rocks, I would have guessed. Or uh, just the bare floor of a cave. But according to this article by Ben Cost from uh, August 17th, that's today actually, it says, it was so easy even a caveman could do it. Humans have been sleeping in beds for nearly as long as they've been roaming the earth, according to a new study published in the journal Science. In South Africa's world-renowned Border Cave excavation site, archaeologists uncovered evidence of grass-sleeping mats that date back to 200,000 years ago, more than 100,000 years earlier than previously thought, according to the study. Researchers say the discovery demonstrates cognitive, behavioral, and social complexity more commonly observed in much newer civilizations, Science Alert reports. Indeed, the prehistoric slumber sacks employed a surprisingly sophisticated system of grass stacked atop ash from a fireplace or burned plants, which was reportedly used to deter pests. We speculate that laying grass bedding on ash was a deliberate strategy not only to create a dirt-free insulated base for the bedding, but also to repel crawling insects said lead study author Lynn Wadley, professor of archaeology at Johannesburg's University of the Witwater Strand, said in a news release. So that's, uh, I don't know, I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, really, I didn't even know that we were sleeping on beds 100,000 years ago, let alone 200,000 years ago. So, I don't know, I thought that was... Uh, Pretty cool little nugget of information. Um, and then I uh, I found this really, uh, 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 I gotta work on the uh, 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 uhs. I definitely do need to uh, work on that. <laughs> so we got humans sleeping on beds way longer than we previously knew. Fuck, I didn't know how long we were sleeping on them to begin with, but now I know. Uh, this was a little more interesting, a Vice article uh, saying Secret Service bought phone location data from apps, a contract confirms. An, internet, or an internal Secret Service document describes the purchase of LocateX, a product that uses location data harvested from ordinary apps. The Secret Service paid for a product that gives the agency access to location data generated by ordinary apps installed on people's smartphones and internal Secret Service document confirms. The sale highlights the issue of law enforcement agencies buying information and in particular location data that they would ordinarily need a warrant or court order to obtain. This contract relates to the sale of LocateX, a product from a company called Babel Street Street. Babel. Huh. Interesting. Tower of Babel. The rabbit hole gets deeper, people. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'll leave that up for uh, Sam Tripoli to figure out. 
let's see. This was, uh, do you work at Babel? Oh, they're trying to get a little more information for it. It says, in March, Tech Publication Protocol reported that multiple government agencies signed millions of dollars worth of deals with Babel Street Street after the company launched its LocateX product. Multiple sources told the site that LocateX tracks the location of devices anonymously using data harvested by popular apps installed on people's phones. So what you need to realize is if you have this app installed on your phone or did, um, it can be collecting location data from other apps. So it, it links to the other apps. Now, as far as I'm aware, Apple um, on iOS, at least right now, the most current one is I think it's 13.6.1. As far as I'm aware, some, some sometime in the last few years, they made it into iOS to where you get notified and have a little more control over your apps communicating with each other within the device. So, and and this might be uh, all kind of from the the, the same thread of, of everything going on with the uh, privacy on our mobile devices. It says the, the protocol found public records that showed U.S. Customs and Border Protection purchased LocateX. One former Babel Street employee told the publication that the Secret Service used the technology. Now the document obtained by Motherboard corroborates that finding. The purpose of this modification is to add one license to CLIN0003 and incorporate the Master Subscription Agreement and locate add-in Addendum as attached. Locate addendum. The contract... Oh, the contract document needs... Okay, so... Yeah. More wonderful news about uh, the world governments collecting more and more and more and more and more data. But, I mean, it's, it's not really much of a surprise. Uh, this is a, far more interesting than that. This is in Slash Gear... Mars and the moon have lava tubes big enough to host planetary bases. This just come out uh, today, eight hours ago, and slash gear, it doesn't, uh, I don't think I have, I have no credit. Maybe at the bottom of the uh, article there's, there's credit. But anyway, it says scientists and visionaries around the world foresee a future where mankind colonizes the moon and Mars. One major question that has to be answered before colonization can happen is how to create structures that humans can live inside and be protected from the radiation and lack of habitable atmosphere in both locations. Researchers from the universities of Bologna, B-O-L-O-G-N-A, Bologna and Padua, or Bologna and Padua, I've never heard of those universities. They have studied the subsurface cavities that lava created underground on Mars and the moon. They have determined that they are wide enough that they could host planetary bases. The team also says the lava tubes could shield humans from cosmic radiation. The study looked at similar subsurface cavities on Earth that were created by lava to estimate the size of the same structures on Mars and the moon. 
Researchers say that the skylights of lava tubes and collapse chains were the, where the galleries cracked could be windows for subsurface exploration. By measuring the size and gathering the morphology of lunar and Martian collapse chains, which are collapsed lava tubes, using digital terrain models that researchers were able to obtain through stereoscopic satellite images and laser altimetry, the team can compare the data to similar structures on Earth. The data the team used from the Earth were surface and laser scans of the inside of lava tubes in Lanzarote and the Galapagos. Researchers found that Martian and lunar tubes are respectively 100 to 1,000 times wider than those found on Earth, which typically have a diameter of 10 to 30 meters. The reason the lava tubes on the moon and Mars would be wider and lower gravity and its effects on... Oh, yeah, okay. The reason for that is because of the they would be wider are lower gravity and its effects on volcan volcanism. So that they have uh, bigger lava tubes because there's less gravity. The researchers say the tubes as wide as those could be longer than 40 kilometers, making the moon an extraordinary target for subsurface exploration and potential settlement. The tubes are also believed to be well within the reduced ability threshold because of lower gravitational attraction, meaning there should be intact tubes on both Mars and the moon. Um, okay, so that, that, that was, uh, I think that was the whole article, and that was written by Shane McGlawn, uh, M-C-G-L-A-U-N, and that's uh, from today. Now, that's, a, that, that's, an interesting, that's an interesting story, and uh, I would think that this would happen on the moon before Mars, because obviously that doesn't even require any explanation. And I think that uh, it's something that they're probably going to be working on, I would say, within the next decade or two. I'm pre I, I think we'll have bases on the moon within the next decade or so. I haven't recently actually looked into it. There's probably already articles out there with exact times and dates of when this stuff's going to play. And people... I, it's hard to keep track of everything, and I don't try to keep track of everything. You know, I got to reiterate because I'm sure there's a lot of these episodes. I don't have a huge following, so the, there's probably people listening to this that are only ever going to hear this episode, you know, possibly. And so, I tend to be a pair or a yeah, a broken record and repeat myself. But you know, I'm just covering the stuff that I like to cover, I, the the stuff that I think is cool and. Uh, maybe I'm just that uninteresting of a guy is why I am not having many people pick up on this. But with so many podcasts coming out these days, it is definitely hard to uh, be visible. And you got to really, 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 really grind the social medias. And I'm working on that. I I do. Uh, I try to be pretty active on Twitter. I I try to at least throw out a few tweets every day, even if I'm not dropping an episode. But I know these things take time, and I am going to get out of the whole uh, meta podcast talk and see what else I got. I have the Jim Henson Company has a new show on Disney+. Plus. I've seen this on Nerdist. I'm not even. I'm not going to read the article. It's uh It's Jim Jim Henson Company, 
and they're going to have, it's a cool looking alien called Ned. The show's going to be called Earth to Ned. Uh, there's a trailer available. I haven't seen it yet. I uh, just put a bookmark on this article because, uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, it, here, here, the tagline to the show is, he came from outer space to talk to our stars. So we're going to have this puppet alien interviewing uh, Hollywood elite. And I mean, it, hey, it's 2020. I mean, that that's 2020. That's a 2020 thing. I, I love this alien narrative getting ramped up, though. I'm very excited to see where the, uh, the, uh, the official world narrative goes as pertaining to the UA UAP activity, the aliens, the... Uh, you know, simulation theory, the uh, interdimensional beings. It's just a really, really entertaining time to be alive right now. Um, I know there's a lot of upset going on around the world, not just in the United States. And uh, there's a lot of bad stuff that that's going on and has been and probably will continue to. But, you know, I, I've got to, I've got to agree with uh, Joe Rogan. It's, it's still probably the the best time in the history of civilization to be alive. I, I mean, as as far as we know. I mean, that that's you know, you want to go down the conspiracy hole, you could, you know, think of like Atlantis and you know, or the Tartarian Empire. You know, where they talk about how these civilizations uh, from long ago were able to basically pull electricity out of thin air. And supposedly there's still some of these buildings around the world that are, they might not be capable of that anymore, but uh, the, the design of the structures are being pointed to and they're, you know, it's, it's a whole thing. There was actually a, they actually covered it on a recent tinfoil hat episode. I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, so, yeah, moving right along. An article in the Tech Times headlined NASA Psych Mission to Mine an Asteroid with Solid Gold Core, Pure Nickel, Metallic Iron, worth 10000 quadrillion dollars. That is Probably not a misprint. That that was a ten, followed by or a one followed by four zeros, and then the word quadrillion, ten thousand quadrillion dollars. Holy cow! This article's by C.J. Robles uh, out of the Tech Times from August eighteenth, twenty twenty. NASA scientists will be seeking to mine the sixteen. Psych asteroid in 2022. It is valued at about 10,000 quadrillion dollars as it is made up of a solid gold core that is covered with pure nickel and metallic iron. NASA is coming a little closer to mining those riches floating in space. According to News 18, NASA's Psych mission has now moved on to its third phase after successfully passing the critical design phase in May. The mission is set to be launched on August 19th, 2022. Mark your calendars. On its website, NASA said that this will be the first time that it will be exploring a world made not of rock or ice, but of metal. The psych mission is currently in the third 
of six phases. In this phase that will last until January 2021, the mission will focus on creating final design and subsystem fabrication, assembly, and testing. In July, NASA stated that they got a new device that will study the asteroid 16 psych aims to discover more information about the Earth's formation. Called the Psyche spacecraft, it will examine the asteroid's magnetic field, take images, input data regarding the topography, as well as the asteroid's composition. While scientists theorize that the Earth and other terrestrial planets have metallic cores, they have not yet reached beyond the crust and rocky mantles. Asteroid Psyche will give an important insight into how planets are formed, as well as the opportunity to examine an unexplored domain. Since we can't examine Earth's core up close, exploring the asteroid could give valuable insight into how our own planet and others form, NASA said. Why Asteroid 16 Psyche? The Asteroid 16 Psyche is located between Mars and Jupiter. It triggered the interest of scientists who believed that the asteroid's 226-kilometer wide body could contain precious metals that can surpass the cost of the economy of the entire world. Okay, I was wondering when they were going to uh, <laughs> address the elephant in the room there. Like, are these people really that greedy? I was afraid I was going to read this whole article and not once mention the 10 quadrillion dollars. Could contain precious metals that can surpass the cost of the economy of the entire world. Scientists speculate that there may be diamond, platinum, and gold buried deep in asteroids, which may be worth billions of dollars. Some experts even value the asteroid at around 10,000 quadrillion dollars as it is made up of metallic iron and nickel, while its core is made of solid gold. NASA is looking at collaborating with Elon Musk's SpaceX on the mission, which is scheduled to begin its journey to the asteroid in 2022. Psych mission timeline was proposed. It was proposed in 2011 and selected by NASA in September 2015th for development. Um, after a year, yeah. So they, they mentioned that, yeah, the, if if that asteroid has ten thousand quadrillion dollars, that's by far just you know. If it wasn't for the fact that we can't turn, we can't eat gold. It it would it I mean it would it could wipe out the debt. I mean right. I, I it it should at least be able to drastically reduce the cost of you know certain electronics and things that rely on gold. I mean. With that much gold, you, they might start just, I mean, there would be potentially, would could there be more gold than steel then? Like, could they just start making stuff out of gold? Like, every, everybody's flying around. That's one thing we didn't, we didn't, uh, <laughs> you know, we didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't see that one coming for in the future. We'll have our flying cars and everything, but what they didn't tell you is they were going to make it, be made out of freaking solid gold that we, uh, we got out of the core of an asteroid. So, it... Doesn't that just make you kind of sit back and think, isn't the whole, just the whole idea of money and material possessions, uh, earthly possessions, doesn't that just kind of just like, like what to some people, not to me, I don't, I don't think I would lose any spirituality if aliens came and visited us, like actual aliens, not Project Bluebeam, but like actual legit aliens. 
whether they're uh, extraterrestrial or interdimensional, what that would do to, to the minds of some people uh, concerning religion, think of the religious implications of aliens visiting Earth. Uh, you know, to a lot of people that would be, I think, I guess, you know, it would be humbling and they wouldn't, they would think, wow, you know, we've been thinking closed-minded. I mean, really just the idea of life, you know, it goes beyond spiritual and religious implications also just or uh, implications of creationism but to me there's like some kind of a how that makes you think is kind of like you know what if just this hunk of gold ten thousand quadrillion dollars worth just shows up on our doorstep it just kind of makes you sit back and look so like everybody rolling around with gold watches and everything and like it's special you know these diamonds and everything it it just it, it it drops all the value you know it drops the rarity of that which is good it's it's ridiculous that we have you know it's a shame we don't have a an abundance of all metals you know then maybe uh you know jewelry wouldn't be as glamorized it always has to be some rare thing it has to be something rare to be uh you know to be a flex and I just, I don't know. The, the whole idea of it's just kind of preposterous, really. I mean, when you think about 10000 quadrillion dollars worth of gold. But, you know, on the flip side, you could look at this from the conspiratorial angle and think, okay, you know, they got those conspiracies about how we could have uh, breakaway civilizations. Now, there's several flavors of the breakaway civilization uh, conspiracy there's one where you know broke away uh, some sometime after World War II, and there's uh, bases on the moon, and maybe maybe even some other nearby bodies, and you know these. So, and that's just one example, but but there's more variations on it. I just can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, so let's say that we had this breakaway civilization, and they moved, you know, they moved on. Oh, I guess, okay, I got to give you a little bit more background on the breakaway civilization. So what happens is, is sometime after World War II, some of the Nazis, some of the Americans, just like some scientists, they do this breakaway civilization thing. And the whole idea of it is by leaving Earth, they uh, get to leave all ethics behind. So they can just do science for science sake. So think of like Bioshock series. If you're into video games, the Bioshock series is like, think of Rapture from the first Bioshock. That's the per That's a perfect example right there. So you you don't have ethics, so you can you can um, you can do human genome editing. You can advance the human race. You could probably make humans immortal. Uh, you know, after sacrificing X so many amount, you know, or there's a lot of angles here. So I, I don't want to get too deluded with what I'm trying to say. But let's say that that narrative is what happened, and this would and this whole ten thousand quadrillion dollars worth of gold. All this is is the advanced civilization advanced far enough along that they got all of their needs met. Maybe they're just spread across the stars already and they're capable of, you know, and they could also be the obviously what's behind all the UAPs and shit going on right now. Okay. And so what this could be is maybe, you know, like, yeah, that's a scary thought. They moved away and the whole ethics thing. So they sound like they could be really evil people. But maybe what if, since they were able to do what we couldn't get done here on Earth, and that's advance our science to the nth degree, 
Now they're now we will finally benefit from that. And what'll happen is is they're not going to come clean about the breakaway civilization. They'll just stage this asteroid mission for you know ten thousand quadrillion, and then you know then the next thing you know you just push this narrative uh, to the world that you know hey prices are going to now drastically drop and just the general quality of Earth is going to get a little better. You know, and or or who I you know that that's just one idea. You, you would try to like think of that as being the silver lining on a on a pretty freaking dark cloud, but you know, I don't know. I thought that's cool. Um, just going, you know, now all conspiracies aside, looking at the main story. I mean, that's that should potentially be some good news for everybody. So. I you know I, I hope I hope everything goes well and I hope they uh, got their early appraisal in and it, you know is what you know ten quadri ten thousand quadrillion as if a quadrillion wasn't enough and by the way just one quadrillion is exponentially more than a trillion well it's the next you know it's the next step over um, so but think of ten thousand of those. That's a lot of trillions. That's a lot of trillions. So, man, that that is just that was a crazy story, you know. And what is a big old chunk? What is ten thousand quadrillion dollars worth of gold look like in one chunk? They have an artist picture on that Tech Times article, where it just kind of looks like an asteroid that's got splits running throughout it, and it's like gold, like gold rivers, I guess, basically on a mouse-shaped planet but wow that's that's pretty cool lego piece dislodged from kid's nose after two years <laughs> by caleb rivers this is from fox news samar anwar was playing with legos in 2018 when he stuck a piece up his nose and it finally dislodged two years later the boy's father madasar anwar reportedly shined a light up samar's nose but couldn't see the Lego piece, the BBC reported. A doctor told the New Zealand family that the Lego would soon work its way through the child system, the outlet wrote, but it never did. Long Island's... Or, or, so that that was a... Damn it. I messed up my flow, because I was... Uh, there was a... Where they put the little breaks with a link to another article. Anyway, since then, we were pretty confident that he didn't have anything in his nose, blah, 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 blah. Two years later, under impression, Lego please clear. However, so he was eating a muffin when the dusting on top irritated his nose. He started getting anxious again, and we said to him, just go blow your nose, so he did. And to the family's surprise, a black Lego hand dropped into the tissue. Holy cow, two years later, he blew the Lego hand out of his nose. That's wholesome. All right. Speaking of Legos... Man, I'm telling you, I think I probably already mentioned this in a previous episode, but man, those Mario, Super Mario or Adventures with Mario Legos are really cool. They're really, really cool. I uh, had the privilege of getting my hands on a uh, a few of the character bags. It was like a uh, three of the blind bags. They're all enemy characters. There's like ten and all. I'm just, I'm not a huge fan of blind bags, but then at the same time, I am a fan of blind bags because there is like a, there's a little dopamine hit there. It's like a loot box in a video game. So there, there is definitely something to the blind bags. 
but it's usually predicated on you still are always hoping that you're only going to get ones that you haven't already had. So, yeah, whatever. They're pretty cool. I think recently there's a, a little bit of a smear campaign going around against marijuana um, because of some new studies trying to say that it's bad for your heart now. And I don't know if it's the, the THC, the CBD, or any of the other components of it. But nevertheless, there is something, you know, it's an election year. So there's going to be attacks from all sides on all things. Like, that's the best way to explain uh, election year in the United States in 2020. Attacks from all sides on all people and things. Uh, the added that in there people and it is it's just it's just everywhere it doesn't matter who you are or what you believe in you can get online right now and you can find whatever you want to uh to you you can you can find your people you can fit you, it, this division and i don't know i i don't i don't i don't want to get too political but I will about cannabis because I am pro-cannabis. And so there's a Newsweek article, and just a heads up, I'm pretty sure the guy who wrote this uh, was a uh, former uh, member of Normal. So, you know, I'm being, I'm trying to always bring to you uh, accurate information, or at least let you, you know as many details as possible. Now, you know, what the hell? No, I, no I, I'm not trying. I, I do, but also I don't. I mean... Take what I say with a grain of salt. Uh, you know, I, I pretty much stand by the same type of disclaimer that Joe Rogan uses. That I'm just talking shit, right? I'm just talking shit. But let's uh, let's look at... This is a, a Newsweek article, and I guess it might be because I've been seeing, like, so many of these uh, negative things being said. So It says, uh, marijuana may or may not be bad for your heart, but it is really bad for journalism. A little over twenty years ago. Anyway, they. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read this. I'm just gonna say that this article was written basically to uh, to uh, debunk some of these hate articles that are going around, and uh, it, it's looking it's looking positive. So the way I see it is, it's like okay, so I'm seeing some things being said that's for it, some that are being said that that's against it. So I'm like, okay, well, if they're not unanimous unanimously against something then you know it, it it remains to be questioned so do am i worried now that about this so-called new information about it being bad on the heart not really i mean i guess i should because i have high blood pressure but you know i gotta work on that i gotta work on that i take medication for it and i'd rather not and i'm sure there are a few life changes i could probably make that would maybe Maybe not allow me to get off blood pressure medication, but maybe get on a lower dose or off altogether. I'm actually on two different prescriptions for it, so it's kind of a deal. I, you know, and I, I wonder how much just take if I could just take all added salt. I mean, I wouldn't be able to get rid of like sodium filled foods that I eat, but as far as adding salt to anything I eat, I wonder how much, if at all, that would help. I've been told it would, but. Might have to give that a shot. Keep this old ticker in check. So I watched Lovecraft Country. And it is... It's pretty cool. I like it. I really, really like it. I mean, it's too early to tell. 
obviously if it's going to be a great series for HBO, but I mean, they, they definitely ticked all the boxes within the first episode to keep me to tune into the next one because slowly in more recent times, I've been kind of like allured into like cosmic horror. Like I'm not reading any horror. I'm not, I'm not reading any HP Lovecraft. I'm not reading any fiction books right now, as a matter of fact. Zero. I'm not. And I should probably, to be honest, if I'm going to read anything right now, it's probably going to be jump back into the Sandman comic because that was one of the most recent things I've been reading. And I'm to like 37, 38, or 39. And there's only like 75 issues. And there's a website that, as far as I know, still has it available. And so I was like, making do with the iPhone trying to read it and got to 37. So I haven't even tried since I got the iPad. Of course, I have the Comixology app, which is owned by Amazon. And I already have a lot of free comics on there and comics that are, well, they're paid for from years ago, like six or seven years ago. So I don't know. I might download the Comixology app and see if I can't uh, figure out my account and password. It's been so many years. But it's like I'm not I'm not lacking on the memory on my iPad, so might as well do it. Uh, anyways, Lovecraft Country, uh, the cosmic horror thing, like when you see it visualized, like it's pretty cool. The big old Cthulhu thing, this gigantic like octopus-headed creature, and uh, so so what they did real good in the first episode, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil anything major, but what they did really good in the first episode is you get to visually see some cosmic horror, and well, actually, the very, very first scene is a dream sequence, and so that just, that just screams to uh, H.P. Lovecraft type work, because dreams were always incorporated into a lot of his literature from what little amount of research I've done on him and his works, so... Yeah, you get to see that like right off the bat. And uh, I think the special effects that they show at the beginning, to me, I, I, I feel like they held back purposefully on the budget form a little bit because since you find out it was a dream anyway, like it just makes sense. So it looks like in hindsight, when you find out, oh, it was a dream, it's like, oh, okay, it kind of looked dreamy, which is, I guess, just code word for like not shitty. It didn't look shitty. It looked good, but it just looked like, Totally unbelievable. Well, some of the things that were happening in it just seemed like, okay, obviously that could only happen in a dream. You know, what the hell? But yeah, Lovecraft Country. It is, it's really good so far. Very tense. Um, it's got a really good plot to it. And I like, uh, what I, I really liked the scene, you know, okay. I, there's a scene that's really cool. And uh, this doesn't really spoil anything, but it's a really cool scene, and it, it, it's just something that stood out from the rest of it. And it was, there's this scene where there's these people from a neighborhood, and they're all gathering around, and they're playing music together, and they're having a great time. And, you know, it's probably like on a Friday or Saturday, you know, and it's like the weekend, and, you know, the community's getting together. And uh, it's really cool. It's a, the, you know, it's, it's like a, I forget if it's, a South Side Chicago neighborhood. Uh, I for, I forget the location, but it was a it was a black Chicago neighborhood, and so it was a it was a completely black community, and they're all getting together and they're playing music, and it's just it's really cool. It's really cool. See, and also I was in band 
all through, uh, well, middle school too, but high school, I was in the marching band. And so it's cool seeing, you know, a saxophone, somebody jamming out on a saxophone. Uh, I forget, I mean, obviously they had guitars. They were playing like a, uh, I guess it would it would be like like a jazzy a jazzy type uh jazzy rock and roll kind of type and man I feel I kind of feel dumb because I can't think of the pure I know it's Jim Crow America but I like I am not a historian and so I am I'm I'm at a loss of exactly what decade this show takes place in but it is uh it's it seems like it's shaping up to be a really good uh period piece like alternate history period piece you know because they're they're adding all these sci-fi and horror elements and they show a preview of where the story goes and it just it seems really cool like i'm really intrigued i'm really curious to see where this goes i really really am i can i can uh I, i'm i'm already seeing online there's people hating on it. They're trying to, they're trying to say, you know, this is just going to be more woke garbage. And those are the same people who were hating on HBO's Watchmen. And Watchmen was absolutely excellent. I uh, I don't regret one bit watching Watchmen. It was it was, as a matter of fact, Watchmen was way better than I even hoped it could possibly be. When I when I knew that it was going to be written by Damon Lindelof, and I'm, you know what, I'm not a hater on Damon Lindelof by no means, uh, I never did watch Lost, I have seen Prometheus, and I actually did really enjoy Prometheus, and even though there may be some choices that Damon Lindelof put into Prometheus that changed it, and you know, maybe if they would have kept certain things the same, I would have liked it more, ultimately, I loved Prometheus, and even if I contrived that maybe a little bit, but I don't know. The more I look back, I loved it. And um, it was actually Alien Covenant that I kind of, there again, I didn't hate it, um, but I was kind of hoping for a little bit different traje trajectory after Prometheus, but I'm getting, getting way off subject. Uh, point is, people are trying to hate on this, I can tell already, online, just like they were trying to do with Watchmen. And uh, if anybody's listening and they uh, want an honest opinion on it, uh, I don't think that it is woke garbage. And I don't think that it's gonna, I don't think the story's gonna veer into more woke garbage. I mean, it's, it's pretty apparent that they're going to be covering themes of race and racism in America. And because it was a time in America where racism was a thing. And you want to know something, honestly, um, I think it's, uh, it's good for people to, that may have, you know, because there was a couple scenes in it that man, it like kind of choked me up a little bit. You know what I mean? There again, I said, I, I wouldn't do any spoilers, but man, there's this one part where, Let's just say these characters are in a place that where they're at, they're probably not welcome because, you know, like some white supremacist KKK types running the town. And uh, there's actually a couple scenes that uses the whole uh, white supremacist uh, trying to go after a black person in Jim Crow America uh, where, you know, the South was still uh, considered dangerous, you know. F you know, from the literature, from what I read, I wasn't there back then, so... I'm just going by, like, what they said was after the Civil War, the South was still pretty dangerous for a long while. So, um, you know, 
it's, I tell you what, there, there's a couple scenes and I'm just like, Ooh, man, that would be tense, you know, because even as a white guy, it is not hard for me to uh, flip flop the idea and imagine that, I, you know, say, let's just say that I was in an alternate America where the white people are the smallest percentage, like the white people are the minority. And, you know, just say everything is reverse. Like, it, you know, it doesn't even have to be about race. It could just be all whites subjugating whites or whatever. I just saying it's not hard for me to try to imagine the fucking tension of just like you just being a person that is just fucking everybody is hating, you know, and oh, man. But anyway, the show is fucking great, and I highly recommend people watch it. And uh, if and also, if you haven't watched Watchmen, that's good too. And don't listen to any of your buddies trying to say that it's well garbage because it's not. You know, here's the thing: you're you're just not gonna find much to watch if 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 you're just worried about politics being in in things that you watch. You're just gonna have to just you know, you're just gonna have to ignore what you don't agree with and. Just try to enjoy it for what it is. I mean, I guess it's, you know, I don't I don't get into sh watching. I don't keep up on a lot of shows, you know. So that's why I'm like so gung-ho on this, uh, this uh, Lovecraft country. Because for me to get hooked into a live action show means, I mean, to me, like, that's a good sign. Like, it's pretty good. Because I, I can't, you know, I got, for people who watch or have watched anime and have went down the anime rabbit hole they they I, I feel like anime can ruin a person for watching real film stuff because anime can take so many chances with stories and can introduce so far out wild ideas that would be either impossible to translate with our current technology into special effects or would just look crappy and you're just better off at just all being fake, all just being animated cartoon and using a little bit of, of imagination. But so what I'm trying to say is Lovecraft Country is really, really good. You should probably check it out. Um, also, I don't, you know, I don't have any sponsors. I don't have any advertisers. Uh, I'm fronting the bill for all of this. The only thing I'm getting help on is, you know, shout out to Anchor for having a free platform, which I know it could be argued that I am the product. But, you know, I don't, I don't have to handle my, my RSS feed. Anchor handles it all for me, and they keep these recordings very easy. Easy, easy, easy peasy to put your ideas out there to the world and hope that, you know, eventually it picks up and picks up. More people are watching and more people are watching, but who knows? We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, guys, that's all I got for now. Uh, a few extra afterthoughts. I think after, for some reason, going down on this rabbit hole of these YouTube videos that are like explainers and just, uh, you know, discussions and reflections on the Alien franchise and Prometheus and Alien Covenant and the fact that I actually recently purchased uh, Prometheus from the uh, iTunes store uh, because I, I wanted some, some movies that I could uh, see what this whole HDR is all about, since uh, my iPad is the uh, it's my first device that is actually capable of HDR. I have a pretty nice 4K monitor for my PlayStation 4 Pro, but it's a TN panel, and it's only 60 hertz, and it only goes to like 3350 uh, nits brightness. And so, yeah. Anyway, I wanted a movie 
to uh, to try out the iPad Pro, and so I, I ended up. I, I have another movie I've already watched it, Zombieland Double Tap. Uh, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it, but it doesn't have the magic of the original. The original Zombieland is much better. But if there's one thing that I did get out of Zombieland 2 Double Tap is that maybe I should go back and watch the original Zombieland again soon. Um, but yeah, Prometheus, I have the director's cut. It's like two hours long and it's in uh, Dolby Vision and my, uh, my sleek 2020 iPad Pro can play Dolby Vision apparently. So I'm uh, anxious to, uh, I don't know, kick back tonight maybe and watch Prometheus. Um, if you guys are into science fiction movies, if you're listening to this podcast, you are probably into science fiction movies, uh, maybe Legos and other odds and ends, various toys, video games, uh, just generally being immature and only being interested in the craziest head, craziest of headlines that you see on, uh, you know, the screens in front of you and Twitter and blah, blah, blah. I'm just kind of like losing it, guys. So I'm going to have to go ahead and sign off here. There's not going to be any grand ending monologue. Uh, No uh, self-congratulatory pat on the back for reaching episode seven. This is lucky number seven, and I am imbuing some chaos, magic, good intentions, and love right now, right now. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm my hands are clasped together with my vape pressed in between them. Here, I'm gonna take a hit, and that's that. That's the chaos magic. I'm imbuing it into this episode so that it will catch fire on the internet and get thousands and thousands of downloads and finally build my audience. All right, that's all I got, guys. That's it. There's no more. This was long enough. I'm going to have to get off of here for now. I think I'm going to work tomorrow and uh, go out and uh, make a little money, pay my rent. Um, so I don't think there's going to be a podcast tomorrow. But I am, like I said, I am I have eased up on the requirements for myself of making a podcast. Because if I don't do a little uh, uh, and stuttering and stumbling around and just kind of just feeling comfortable in my own skin and not worrying about I, I like really, really before was just worrying way too much about what I like, not what to say, but overthinking if I needed to go back through and edit and edit and edit. And when you guys got guys out there that have been doing this for 10 years, excuse me, I need to get a drink. When you got guys out there that's been doing this, for 10 years and the only time they usually really edit anything out of an episode is if somebody's got to go up and go take a piss and they don't have a way of keeping the conversation going while they're gone pissing with Jamie young Jamie not mentioning any other names though about the show I'm talking about hint hint Joe get at me bro bring me on your podcast man I think the internet's broke Somehow nobody's hearing this podcast, man, because, I mean, dude, it's fucking awesome. Like, there should be, like, billions of downloads by now. I'm just kidding. I know it's garbage. But I got to keep doing it, and I got to keep putting it out anyway and pad my episode count. Because if I don't just continue to grind out this shit, then you're never going to get any diamonds in the future.
So I have to take the good with the bad, and I just got to push this shit out anyway. And hope that you guys listen to it and enjoy a little bit of it. You know, put me on t- two times speed. You'll get through the episode twice as fast. And you'll mostly hear everything that I've said unless I get, like, r- really, really, really talking fast to where I'm already going two times speed myself. And then you don't really need to have it on high speed to get to the end anyway. Like now. Then you're good. So... You guys have a great time. And if there's anybody out there in LA or Hollywood or, you know, just anybody out there that, you know, has any pointers, some like real, real pointers on what kind of direction I need to take with this podcast, or really, I think I just need to get some people that'll do interviews with me. And since we're in the uh, the world and land of Corona, um, it, it is no longer unprofessional to be doing podcasts from across the country, you know, you know, with the lower quality audio and the, the time delay and all that. So I've been trying on Twitter to hit up some at least e-celebrities, not even like A-listers or, you know, just like YouTubers even, just half-assed out of just joking, but nobody's bit. Nobody has responded or anything. And of course, like nobody's going to want to come on a podcast with five, with an audience of five. I get it. You know, like I fully get that it would be like an, like an inverse kind of thing where usually a person wants to go onto a podcast to help sell their items, sell their product, promote their show, promote their movie, promote their album. But I wonder how many people has been in my situation where I'm trying to establish myself as a podcaster, but I actually need the boost of just being able to have a guest on. So it's like you get this one guest, at least if you get one guest that like has any kind of audience, then it's like, Maybe one or two of them people will stick around and continue to listen to the content that you make. I also need to work on jumping into YouTube videos. And before that even, I need to probably download LumaFusion and uh, teach myself a little bit on video editing. But the problem with that is, is I still have not figured out my my upload bandwidth speed. I'm have running into a few snags with upgrading my internet at the moment. And I, I, there's just no way I'm going to be able to, I can do YouTube videos. I could do YouTube videos without any change to my current internet, but it would take so long even to just upload 30 minutes. I don't know if it'd be worth it, but I'm, I'm guessing with the iPad and with LumaFusion, I could just record video segments from the iPad cameras, edit it. And it's all, everything's happening on device, get that done and then post it out there. But I, I would just rather have the higher speed internet and so that like if I'm going to be doing this type of thing that I'm doing right now, but I'm just adding video to it, so it's going to be also just mostly unedited and me just sitting around talking shit, then at least like that, then I can do it like OBDM and other people where it's like on multiple platforms at once or at least have this going out on Twitch and YouTube at the same time because those are competing platforms and those are going to be the best, you know. If, especially for somebody like new like me, like if I had a huge uh, audience, yeah, I'd need to be buckled in with one or the other. But listen to me rambling on like I'm actually going somewhere, have some kind of trajectory for this. Huh. Huh. The audacity of me. Anyway, Gil out.